If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's a new day in the workroom, and we're here with all your additional drag content. When these, we're going to be talking about Canon in this week's episode. When those queens walked into the workroom, I genuinely thought, I don't know if I have real estate in my head to remember these names. Mm, no, none of them. I'm just like, <laughs> there's three that have made an impression. We'll get to that in a while. The rest of them, I'm just kind of like, you. It, it's going to be like, do you know in the episode of Simpsons where it's like, we are the, we are the like, the one term presidents of America? Mm, it's like, that's yeah. what this was to me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome along to everyone who doesn't normally get to listen to the workroom. We said we'd pop this one into the main feed just to remind you what we've got going on. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to be covering Canada and Dragula. So this week's episode, we'll be untucking episode one of Canada and we'll be meeting the monsters of Dragula season four. And also, we're taking this opportunity to talk to you at a very exciting upcoming live event. Oh my God, Kian. This is it, we're taking to the stage, finally. We we can mime touching each other from a social distance two meters, yeah. <laughs> depending on these, these ever-changing restrictions. Yeah, we're having a live show, 25th of November. It's great to see people showing interest, buying tickets so far. It's on the Headstuff podcast network, or the podcast studios from my network, or Heads or Headstuff in the city centre in Dublin. Um, we've got a fun show lined up. We're working on guests. We're working on the format. But all you'll need to know is you can show up, bring your drinks, watch the show with us, see our reactions live with our guests, and you know interact with us, ask us yeah, questions. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I'm very excited for it. First of all, it's a long time since I have like had a live audience in front of me to like posture in front of so that'll be great <laughs> um, and like so nice to think that we'll be able to sit together in a group of people who are passionate about Drag Race and try and become passionate about a season of UK that has been getting mediocre reviews mm. mediocre know, reviews it- but look I think that the perfect thing to end a mediocre series with is a absolutely maxiocre live show is that a world? <laughs> Not a word but we'll go with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I mean, Joe, sometimes if things are good, you're kind of just like, yeah, that was good. But when things are bad, you can get a lot of mileage out of it. So come along, we'll all slate the finale together. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, it should be fun. And this is something we've been working towards for ages. Like, I think when we started covering UK season one, I think we the goal was to have a live show. We, we just weren't really in the right place for yeah. it. Didn't have a venue. So then I think, you know, when us rolled around we were like joe we probably could get a live show for the finale of us season 12 and then COVID hit and then it was a constant chasing of, of mm. restrictions and we so had... hopefully this will go ahead and it'll finally come into fruition yeah and and if the reaction and response and even just our own personal enjoyment of the <laughs> zoom live finale we did for season two is anything to go by i think we're in for a very fun night bopper flop exactly. might even make a return Maybe. We've manifested this the same way we manifested Serena Chacha into Altstars. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, let's kick off this week's episode with Canada, episode one of season two. What's your headline impression? Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I have to. It, it, you you already said it. It was just as this was as it was unfolding in front of me. I was very much like, kind of, oh god, none of these. A couple of the queens, I say, would have very much like grabbed my attention. I think Suki Doll, Oceana, Stephanie Prince, Kendall Gender, and Cynthia Kiss are the ones that really kind of like. You know, I was like, oh, gay. The fur- the full first half of that, that those walk-ins, I was like, this is not the moment. And then I was really distracted by whatever the hell Brooklyn Heights has done to, to, to her face. Like that, like, I, I don't even know. The angles on that are just, un- like, I mean, why... I shall not yeah, judge. I mean, I took a note and I was going to come at it from a less judging point of view, I guess. Uh, it made more sense when they were in drag, I guess, because they were kind of going for, I guess, that more like Miss Fame, Trinity the Tuck look. Oh, um, no, I, I'm fully like, I think in drag, Brooklyn, look, Brooklyn Heights has always been beautiful in drag. But Brooklyn Heights <laughs> used to be like really, really like kind of beautiful in drag. And then also out of drag just had like was also stunningly beautiful and i think that perhaps the procedures pushed a little too far where like the the uh, the amplification of the cheekbones just was a bit distracting because there was a couple of side-on shots where you could have like got a paper cut on them like it was it yeah was no but much. i suppose what i mean i was like i was like oh why did they do it to their face the big you know the high the jawline or the cheekbones sorry um but it made sense and when i saw them in drag i was like okay that's obviously what they're going mm. for um, yes but yeah, it is a shame. I think they're cute. But you know, we'll just get used to this look. It was oh yeah, completely. And I mean, the drag look is flawless. The drag look is flawless. And while we're being hateful, I have to say, I was happy I didn't see Tracy Melcher in this episode. Yeah, I I like Amanda Bruegel a lot. I think she's very funny. I think overall, like, let's just get to that moment right now. I'm enjoying the judging panel. I think that they yeah. are a... Brad Goreski, best thing of the first episode. Yeah, 100%. His terrible, terrible jokes. I did feel sorry for that poor photographer, whatever her name was, who's completely gone out of my head. That Caitlin was like, Cronenberg? Yeah, because I was like, did she say a single word across the entire judging panel? I can't <laughs> she got, remember. She got her joke, which was, she's not at 100% yet. She's more at an Eve 3000 than an Eve 6000. And then they lived for that. Maybe they're just like, yes, we've got one we can put into the air. <laughs> It's in the can! <laughs> <laughs> but I quite liked the transformation she went on. She went from her, like, beanie, you know, black t-shirt. I'm a photographer, you know, laid back. I don't know if she's a lesbian, but it was like, you know, these coded as lesbian sort of look. And then it was like a glamazon on the runway. I, I enjoyed the transformation. Yeah, I absolutely would agree with you. Also, on the subject of transformation, the transformation in the format. Obviously, we are now having a Brooklyn Heights runway walk every week. So we're getting the Fred Van Leer Supreme Deluxe version mm. where that is the role now. That is the the, the thing. Which I, I don't know, I, I did enjoy the dynamics of the like the, the guest judges doing the walk every week and the, and the kind of like seeing the different ways that people... And some of them were very good at it and very fun. Some of them mm. less so. But I... I I, I kind of think it's probably more natural that they're fitting it into the, the the like fully they're fully adopting the international franchise agreed format now where you have yeah. your your simile RuPaul who knocks it out of the park and looks gorgeous and great and is super charismatic. Mm, yeah. No, I think you're right. That's fair. But yeah, this this will work as well and Brooke always looks fantastic with yeah. the looks. Yeah. I have to say I don't think I was drawn towards the same people you were drawn towards on arrival. Um I really loved Beth 
any of 6,000 when they came in. I was a bit ambivalent to Suki Doll. Obviously, I loved Ocean. They were fantastic. Um, and I have a tick beside Geometric because I liked her when she first came in. And then I kind of went off her as soon as the Brat Pack was established. But the concept of the Brat Pack has been incredibly intrigued. It's been a while since we've had a Rolaska Talk style thing. I know in season 11, we had like that Ikeria, Silky Vanji, the Dream Girls click. Didn't really manifest yeah. anything. Yeah. This seems like good old peer pressure bullying. <laughs> <laughs> They are Light going to bully, I, I would say, Eve 6000. That's who they'll bully. Um, because they always like to mm. pick a big girl. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I found, like, overall, I, I found that there was, like, maybe a slight lack of energy in the queens who came in in the first part of it. And there wasn't, like, a real sense of, like, excitement. I didn't love Geometric's look. I, I actually think that she would have been better coming in wearing just, the like, what she'd had under it. The, like, the, the strappy business. Mm. Um, because I, I just found that coat, like, overly... Like, it, it just took over. And it was so glaring under the lights that, like, you couldn't even really see any of the details of it. It sort of mm. reminded me of, like, Darien Lake. You know, the, hey, girl, walking down the dirty street. Like, that kind of big, <laughs> sort of swamped in a coat <laughs> moment. <laughs> I thought there was some really good entrance... Not entrance lines, necessarily, but, like, introduction lines of the talking heads. Beth said that she was can't be glamorous and socially anxious. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I like that. And Stephanie Prince came in, she was like, uh, I love cilantro. That, that was a fun line. And then Cynthia kisses, I'm here for jury duty. It's her civil right or duty. Do you know, I thought that was, there was fun lines for that. There were, there were, like, there was no, like, iconic, you know, um, what was, the, what is the, that was the most iconic of all the lines the Widow Von Du's line from season 12. Oh yeah, I actually heard that. Relax your throat because you're gagging. Relax, relax your throat, bitch, because you're gagging. I was like, we didn't get one of those or come on season six. I don't think no. any of the... I, I think that none of these people are going to be putting what they said on their t-shirt onto... Or said on their one ray into a uh, into a t-shirt. Um, well, I Beth could definitely make, you know, camp, glamorous and socially anxious her t-shirt now. That was kind of the story of I guess, I guess of the her. jury duty one as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll say that. We'll say that that's um. We'll, we'll say that that's a uh, that's a that's a um a possibility. Kylie Jenner for me, I think, was the one that I was most intrigued by when they walked in mm. because there was it was both of them actually. Kylie Jenner and Cynthia Kiss, both of them got these like huge reactions. Obviously, very well known by the queens. Obviously, like everyone seemed to know who they were, but then we didn't get any like explanation. If you know what I mean, so I felt a little bit like, what's going on here? Because like, you know, like usually if you get like a huge kind of you know hugely kind of well known queen coming mm. in, they they will give you like a, a cutaway to someone being like, oh, this is so and so who performs there at this, and they're like the the, and if it's in the US, one it'll be like they've won this pageant and that pageant, and it kind of helps you understand the stature and why people. Are, are so sort of you know you got like a little bit of it I think from from like Eve 6000 was it or, or Beth one of the other of them sort of was like saying like oh god like that's intimidating but I, I, I felt I was sort of like I didn't understand the hype yeah I think but I think Beth has said she was intimidated by geometric I think the that's what I picked up the first time and then by the time Cynthia Kiss came in and they were establishing the Brat Pack, I was like, oh, maybe it was just Geometric who gasped. And she gasped because it was her sister rather than she was this big... You know, big deal. Okay. Tying on me banks of the, of the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Jury's out. We'll see. Maybe they are both big deals and her sister, and that's why there was such gasps. Um, but 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they play out because I quite like the Cynthia Kiss gives me very the Countess in Holland too. That's kind of yes. what I'm getting from her. Yeah, I think with more, it seems like they have more personality. I think Cynthia Kiss was the one that I was most immediately feeling this could be a winner. This could be someone that I could see kind mm. of going all the way. Um, Mini challenge. Ugh. I mean, I, I, I like a reference back to to a past one. But I think that when you compare it to last year's mini challenge where they were like running up the mountain with like the mm. amazing laughs and the moments that came in, like I would say that like Ocean's like broken knee and being added to the Eureka Victoria Club is kind of the most dramatic of of the or the most dramatic or interesting thing that happened. The photos well, were nice. Eve but- six thousand getting stuck was was kind of fun. Whereas Ocean was like off if this character is missing from the show now because she had to do a stupid mini challenge like was it really worth it no and i will be like i i i she would be missed so much like Mm. she is already established as the talking head of the show she Mm -hmm. has interesting stories i'm sure like like even just the fact that she like that she has like really poor eyesight and like has to like put her Mm. makeup on based on like almost a paint by numbers thing i was like that's fascinating um, mm-hmm. And I'd love to see the like the conversation with her and the judges over the course of um, and like I mean I I I like to I love the fact that that she was like she came up against an issue the fact that she had hurt her knee she knew she wasn't going to be able to serve a like a dramatic runway walk so she was able to like think in the moment what can I do and like that shows that she's intelligent she understands kind of where to like put her straights in order to distract from her weaknesses and I'm like that's all the, they're all the signs of like a really solid queen and I I'm, yeah. I I just I think that good god if we are missing her that is going to be a huge gap even just for and it'd be just so frustrating it's like oh two seasons back to back the one you're mostly rooting for straight off the bat it gets injured yes exactly it would be very frustrating they need better health and safety although then it will be like rupaul will absolutely be launching a line of knee braces like that (laughs) 100 that is the next thing (laughs) or just reassurance you know I hear her knees are insured for one million dollars. <laughs> because it was um, Isis Couture who kind of had the entrance line about having bad knees, and then it was like straight away overshadowed by someone else who actually had a knee yeah. injury. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the judging on the main challenge? What do you think of the looks? How did they compare to last season? None of them really stood out to me. So. Eve 6000 stood out to me as bad very much because like it was like the concept seemed messy. There was some interesting stuff in it that I like I liked kind of where maybe she was thinking she was going. I liked the starlet a bit and even like the idea of like a faded 50 starlet who's like doing a comeback in a 70s B movie kind of like trying to reclaim. Like I I like the idea of that character. But I thought that the outfit was just, like, very ratty and tatty. I did not understand why they gave Beth such a hard time. Like, I could see her, like, her her confidence on the runway. And even when we get to the lip sync, like, there was an awful lot of... Like, you could could read the the anxiety off her. But I actually thought, I, I sort of was like, you know, like... Oh, we love the top of your look. The top of your look is amazing. It's gorgeous. But, like, really, what's going on below? It's like, well, you know... Eve 6000 didn't make anything like the fishtail mm. gown thing you're not like I didn't understand 
I also never, like, I mean, I think that this is a problem with kind of the Drag Race last year with the judging was that sometimes it was, like, weirdly ambiguous. So it was like, this just doesn't feel like an Eve 6000 gown. It's like, well, what, like, how do you know that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, it was too short. I wrote in my notes too short straight away. They clocked it as too short. It absolutely was too short. Another one that I thought was a dead setter for the lip sync was Kimora Amor with the tissue. Like, look, Mm. I know it's not going to look expensive when it's made from tissue, but it's that classic Veronica Green mistake of just piling a lot of it and then it just it just drowns you out i saw it and i was like that's i just wrote cheap in big letters because i was like that's exactly what it looked like and i don't know how she gets away when beth yeah okay beth's umbrella thing didn't look yeah fantastic but the from the waist up it looked really good and i love the hair and she sold great character to it yeah i just find it really intriguing i think she's probably my favorite maybe second to joe black first out since miss Angie. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. Um, geometric look I did hate. Like, I absolutely hated it. I, 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 I actually, I love the hair and the, the, the makeup and stuff. I thought that looked beautiful. And I kind of like the top of it. I think that if she had done, like, I think if instead of doing a pant, she had just done, like, a really, like, revealing sort of, like, long skirt thing. I think that she probably wouldn't have found herself in the bottom. Um, I liked it. I like when I saw it. I was like, okay, probably not Eleganza, but they probably won't care about that. <laughs> but apparently they do. They do. <laughs> um, I of the of the top ones though, I didn't necessarily understand why Isis Couture was yeah, so agreed. Because w- like really, like if you're talking about like just sticking some shit onto something, like she didn't construct that jacket. She took that jacket. She stuck some stuff on it. So it was like, like I'm trying to think, like that, like that, and also that, like, um, oh god. Oh my god, that English designer whose name is completely gone out of my head. Victoria Westwood. Oh, Viv- Vivian, Vivian Westwood. Westwood. Vivi- mm. That Vivian Westwood reference has like been done to death. It's like kind of a structured jacket with a load of punk shit stuck on it. And we've seen mm. it done better. We've probably seen it done worse. And like like if you think about the say the jacket that Layla McQueen got sent home in, yeah. the, like that was like that's the that's the, the the extent you need to go to if you're gonna do that. This just felt very basic. I didn't understand it. And I think that I just think there was a there was like a swathe of tartan on the shoulder and I just felt without that it would have been enough. But with that it was just there was just too much going on and there well, was I a think continuous that she, sprint. Like, I think that she knew she had to put the tartan in there in order to get the Vivian Westwood thing across because that's part of that. Mm. And I think that, I think that Suki doll looked like spectacular. It was like that color, the shimmer, the like the way it was like billowy and baggy, but also sort of like flattering to your figure. Like, I and the hair with like all the like weird Mm. crap that was in it. I I really was like surprised that she didn't win. And I don't know because. I thought she didn't deserve to win because she tripped in it. So she obviously didn't oh, make yeah, well, it that is true. the make right it. size for her body. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, I don't think Isis should be there. Suki tripped. Give it to Stephanie Prince. I thought, like, what she made. And, like, sure, like that looked like she made in the challenge in a good way. So I thought she definitely deserved it. And the colour matching and everything was great. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. And I, I love, like, even the, the difference of textures by having the paper and mm. then having the feathers and stuff. And the, the pink wig, even, like, it all came together in a really, in a really great way. I didn't understand, like, Brooklyn's sort of critique to her of like oh that shouldn't have worked but it did it's like what about it shouldn't have worked because you didn't say anything about it that shouldn't have worked like you didn't yeah. say well, I don't know these like throwaway cliche lines do I guess it's me. a bit like they said earlier on the episodes like you're just kind of sticking to the corset girls get red for that so maybe it was like a, oh if you just came out here and stuck things to the I corset suppose, it shouldn't work but it did yeah maybe. yeah 
Um, um, Adriana, I thought, deserved to be in the top as well with her sort of like raspberry and orange and the big hat. I thought she was giving I both like versions of Fergie, both the princess, the duchess <laughs> and the pop star. Yeah, I really loved it. It, it sort of reminded me of um, Scarlett Envy's entrance look for hmm. All Star 6. It had that same vibe. I loved the big hat. I thought it looked great. Um, yeah, I... I was surprised that she was also that that color pattern that kind of like raspberry and orange i'm just every time i see it i think crazy in love by beyonce and you know that's not a bad thing if that's a reference <laughs> nope. you're bringing to me nope. you're doing okay absolutely, absolutely <laughs> do we think there was rigory by putting g in the bottom because eve was clearly the worst worst critiques worst look but maybe they want to keep her for some reason or they didn't want to be seen putting the two big girls in the bottom or something like that so i was like i just felt beth was a lamb to the slaughter there over Gia. So I will be honest. First of all, um, the meltdown on the runway about kind of like the safe meltdown. Like oh. the way we got two of them. So when they go back, when the girls go back to the untucked lounge and Eve 6000 <clears throat> is all like, I'm in the bottom. Like as if there's only one person in the bottom and no one else matters. Mm. And like when they were trying to have quite a sensitive con- con- conversation, was it... Um, Beth was kind of talking about the critique they got in in a, in, a, in a way, and then like just to like step over. Oh no, it was geometric. Was kind of trying to talk. Was talking about the critiques yeah. they got, and then you know E six thousand like jumped in there and was like, "Oh my god!" Because and that actually played through from the very beginning. This sort of notion of like Eve of of E six thousand being a bit of a self involved bitch. So we are seeing that, and I kind of think right. They obviously want to keep her around as potentially a villain for the season. Um. Mm. And maybe they didn't want to put the two big girls on the bottom. I, when I saw though that pairing in the bottom, though, I thought, oh, right, we're going to get a, a Willem announcement moment where it's like, we have consulted with the doctors and Oceana, oh, okay. I'm very sorry. You ne-. So I kind of was expecting a double Shantae. But there was literally no way you could have given a double Shantae in that lip sync <laughs> because, like, it was a performer with just a random person meandering about on stage with them. Like, I'm not even that good of a performer. I was expecting more. Because yes. Cynthia was there like, that girl, if that girl knows how to do anything, she knows how to dance. And even at the beginning of it, Beth was like, I am about to lip sync against the assassin of the ages. This is it. Get ready, guys. We are going for it. And then, yeah, it was kind of just like very lacklustre. Mm, and yeah. I mean an artist who you have been waiting and waiting and waiting to get their like just desserts on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race I know I get my nanny potato moment I was happy you know she got her outing and also it does make me think we're going to get another slew of Canadian artists on the runway which I'd be very happy about mm-hmm. Um, here we come for Shania but yeah look I mean I got my Rosalia lip sync in Spain and that was not even sung to by Dovi Minermi you can, you can bring the horse to water but you can't make it drink that is the the truest uh, truism that has ever been truth been truthed. Told. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that is Canada. We'll be back with you talking all about Dragula Meet the Monsters after this. Agony Rants, coming soon to the Headstuff Podcast Network. Why can't I not say podcast? 
Hello, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kavner. And we have been friends for a very long time. And that is what we are offering you on our new podcast, Agony Rants. If you need a support group and want to tell us a secret. Or if you need someone to champion you or just cheer you up. Or maybe even some advice. On how to burn down a house or blow up your life or get revenge. So send your secrets, stories and problems to agonyrants at gmail.com. Agony Rants, coming soon to the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Sounds a little suggestive, I'm not going to lie. Like. Yeah, it was a little bit. It's very Cadbury's Caramel Bunny. <laughs> Dragon at a Time, season four, it is back. It's on its new home on Shudder, which seems to be a horror streaming service. I only know it for Dragon, to be honest. Just in time for Halloween. Absolutely, perfect timing. Ten new monsters are going to be, you know stomping onto the floor show or I don't know nine, we haven't really finessed the nine the, the... monsters and one fallen angel oh <laughs> we are seeing our first crossover oh <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say saint is a fallen angel possibly but okay anyway yes the ten nine new contestants one returning contestant I guess is the best way of saying it alright we'll be heading in let's let's start with the bait let's start with the, the name on everyone's lips Jay Jolie. What are you expecting from her? This is such an interesting... So, Jay Jolie has sort of, I would say, unexpectedly gone on to have maybe one of the most impactful post-drag face runs just based around the Taylor Swift thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just... I, I wonder... Like, there must be, I say, there must be some sort of reason why. I would love to understand the reasons why they've taken this choice instead of returning for an All-Stars run on Drag Race. Yeah, I suppose they they referenced that, I guess, in some of the videos and they were, like, inspired by the creativity is the answer they're giving. And classic Boulay Brothers, the words Drag Race still mention anyone else's lips she you know she was all like oh well people have seen me on tv before <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it's gonna be interesting she still seems to be talking about doing a sort of high femme monster that she's going for she name checks you know the Lindsay lohan paris hilton of of you know monster drag so yeah i think she's going to bring a really interesting you know yeah, universes I- together I'm excited for her because I do think she had a lot of personality on uh, in 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 her in her run on Drag Race. I think that she is like one of the like underrated Drag Race villains, um, mm. and definitely someone who was very memorable from that world. And she's obviously grown a huge amount. Her makeup has like gotten absolutely like beyond beyond spectacular. Um, and also you can only imagine that in preparation from this that she would have been one of the queens who had like the most access to money to prepare for it so whatever look she's bringing whatever way she's preparing for it and you can only also imagine that going in there knowing the drag race comparisons are going to happen she'll have to have really gone in to kill it to like Mm. shake off whatever she feels she needed to shake off from her previous TV experiences was that a purposeful Taylor Swift uh, pun there? Shake it off. I don't know. Yes, I hope. I hope we now. do get a. I hope we do get a Taylor moment because there's all this like lore around Taylor and the the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. She's dead. I think there'd be a lot of fun things she could do with that. But yeah, uh, she probably I, wants a fresh page. I am. I am living for Jay Jolie's extermination because I think that they are going to have so much fun 
with the Taylor references, with the Drag Race references, because that's the one thing I noticed in watching the kind of like the heavy beat sort of house music intro video in YouTube. Mm. It's like stylistically this show is just so far beyond drag race and it is just like the the creativity and how it's put together is i i i'm i i'm very excited for i'm excited for it overall but those exterminations at the end of this at the end of, for people who haven't watched drag race or for dragula it should be saying that it's set up as kind of a like a mythical competition to gain access to be another like god monster thing thank you you're and, a super monster of drag i think is the title yeah. you guess and eliminated queens re, re, you see an a, an elaborate sort of death yeah, killed. scene not yeah, in a squid game kind of way but in a, in a in a tv kind of way and you see an elaborate death scene for them it is an elaborate murder setup and it is gory but also very entertaining yeah yeah, no, and I mean, not for faint heart. You don't do well with horrors. How do you find the eliminations? Are you I, are you spooked? I am spooked. I tend to have to. I have to like really be in the. I think I can deal with them on this because, like, you know, obviously there's all like the high concept kind of like you know spooky stuff going on. But then also, like when the judging is happening, it's very you know like it's it, it's very much you know they're being judged by these mm. group of people they're out of their like spooky characters it's not like you're in that suspenseful thing so you kind of get enough in and out time for it okay i see but the eliminations they they don't spook you well i find them funny more so or i try okay. to watch them in a funny way because i know mm. it's all like campy and hammy and i sort of like well that that's actually creativity. a good trick because the reason we jump scare is because of build up of tension and laughter is a fun way of getting rid of that same way like people scream on roller coasters if you're a screamer on a roller coaster you can just turn that into a laugh i have done that on the walters for, for, for a, number of, again, a number of occasions. You know? Shout out to you other gel and junkies out there who love a waltz. Let's move on to the returning monster, Saint. Uh, they were in season three and then they won the resurrection, which we covered back at the end of last year, I think it was. Yeah. Um, around Halloween. I didn't think they gave much away in their little video. I think they kind of felt they didn't really need to introduce themselves. Um, which was an interesting choice. Um, I'm still excited to see what they're going to bring, only because I've seen them before. I liked them in season three. I thought they deserved to win the resurrection. But if I had just seen this, I would be a bit mm, meh. I am curious with them because obviously within season one, I think they so uh, with the the format of resurrection where they had like a long period of time to develop concepts and bring things together. Like, mm-hmm. that's a very different skill set to what's required in a competition where you're having to kind of, like, work on the fly and react to what's happening around you. And I know that that's what had let them down in season three was this sort of lack of ability to prepare in the moment for what needed to happen. So I'm curious to see whether they'll be able to bring that same, like, creativity, attention to detail, extremely interesting kind of storytelling that they brought in Resurrection into this season. Yeah, um, or if it's going to be a struggle again. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. But th- I mean, again, I suppose I was going to say like Veronica Green, but that didn't really turn out that well. But I was going to say she does have the advantage having been on the show before to kind of know what's expected and know how the cameras work and know how to craft themselves a, mm-hmm. a narrative. I guess so. We'll see. Uh, right, let's run through the rest of them. Let's go alphabetically, in so we're not being biased. Astrid Aurelia, Aurelia, sorry, Astrid Aurelia from phoenix 
Daughter of Dali, who was in one of the previous seasons. I meant to look it up, but actually I forgot, so my apologies. They seem to be going for more of a femme boy presentation. Very Art Simone look, I felt. Oh yeah, okay, I, I saw that, alright. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really interesting when they mentioned, you know, they play several instruments, they have, they said if they win the money, they want to craft themselves a music career. They're really excited for the music challenge where they all play like in their heavy metal groups. So it was interesting to see that they've kind of come out of the bat being like, hi, I'm here and I'm very good at one particular thing. So. <laughs> that always works out great for <laughs> We love that. <laughs> hi, I'm here to win Snatch Game. Goes home at Snatch Game. <laughs> uh, were you impressed? Yeah, I, I I think put together extremely well. Um, I, I do think that there was something about them. I, I mean, as much as Down Under maybe didn't, like, was a bit more of a, a flop than a bop, I, Art Simone could tell was a very good drag queen. And I think that they have benefited strongly from having kind of a similar aesthetic to that. Because um, mm. it was very the, like, Melbourne Knights um, look, kind of with the, like, the splotchy colour. So I, I do think that they appear confident. I remember them playing their drums. I think that they're, they're uh, yeah. And Dali was another one that was in the resurrection, but didn't. Oh yeah, you're right. But yeah. didn't obviously didn't win. And they did like they, I think that some of Dali's stuff was some of my favorites from the from resurrection. Yeah, so I mean, coming in with with the name, I I do think there was some of the some of the queens which we'll get into who kind of just gave me generic Dragula queen look, and I feel she was on the cusp of it but I think her personality saved it because she was kind of presenting like a pretty boy in a high femme way or something like that which kind of won me yeah. over so um, yeah I think it uh, it did interest me in the end uh, yeah so Dali was in season two and then for the resurrection where they came second uh, next up then is Bitter Betty the only trans woman in this cast uh, as I hide up I found it quite difficult to ascertain their point of view in drag um, so this is one that kind of came off a bit generic for me. I wasn't overly impressed. Yeah, there is an element of sort of, sort of, you know, like somewhere between sort of zombie Tina Turner and um, sort of attempting a, oh my God, what's her name? Elvira look. Like the, like there was a bit too much of that going on. Um, so I wasn't overly interested in them. I didn't love the look overall. Um yeah, they wouldn't be someone that I'd be, like, really excited for. Yeah, I guess that's the sort of Dragula equivalent for Filler Queen, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> filler Monster. Uh, now, next up, we stick to the alphabetical system. Formaldehyde, I was really interested by them. They went for their sort of monster zombie nurse. They spoke about how they like doing mask drag, uh, but not everyone goes for it. They're their monster aesthetic is basically everything that they're afraid of they put into their drag to help overcome the fear which that was really interesting and a narrative they had which i thought was kind of interesting was they prefer doing virtual drag shows rather than in-person drag shows which is a narrative you don't often hear in the pandemic no it absolutely isn't um though i can see why there would be advantages um Mm -hmm. you know and actually if you're wearing a mask like you know you don't need to worry about facial hair if that's a concern you have you yeah um i my thing is and i know there's another queen in the lineup as well who seems to do that sort of like more sort of prosthetic mask drag as well like i think that um it can be difficult to connect with things. So Formaldehyde's look is sort of really good, but it looks like a character like out of a Resident Evil sort of a 
like mm. game i i don't see a person underneath it so therefore i don't care quite so much um, yeah. and i do think as well like in my mind like you know the sort of like oh people who are um the, the people who used to talk about how trans people would have an advantage on on, on the, the show mm. for whatever reason i'm kind of like well there you go masked people definitely have an advantage because they haven't <laughs> earned having to do any makeup but no i i wouldn't be surprised if based on sort of i think the fact that like it's harder to connect with masked contestants if they don't last particularly long yeah yeah it'd be interesting because there was a masked contestant in season three um, I can't remember the name. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like they, they went either first or second. Um, we're we're not up on our, our Dracula knowledge. In the same way. Yeah, no, 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 we aren't. <laughs> uh, their name was Yovska. Um but I quite liked what Yovska had. There were some interesting creatures that they came up with and I like the mass. So, I mean, I'm open to seeing more. And maybe Formaldehyde can take it further in the competition than Yovska did. Next up is Hozo Teratomo. They're from South Korea. Um, I really liked the sort of creepy for like porcelain doll look they yeah. did in the promo. I thought it was really good. I was getting like, I think it was just the small head gave me Miss Cracker because I was getting Miss Cracker vibes and I was like, well, nothing about the aesthetic screams Miss Cracker or the personality. So I think it's just the small head. I love their look a lot. I thought it was really cool. It had like a Chucky reference to it. It was like, mm-hmm. it was fun. So I, I kind of had the, I sort of had them and Formaldehyde kind of side by side in, 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 in my mind, just from the fact that they were doing such dramatic face changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be much more interested in what they're doing than what Formaldehyde was doing. Yeah. No, I'm interested in both. And I, and I think with the next one we'll talk about as well, I'm interested in, in, discovering some of like the black magic of south korea of learning about this like you know maybe i I know very little about the sort of uh folklore of south korea so i'm sure they'll introduce some interesting monsters and beasts and witches and stories that i'm looking forward to learn about from hozo teratomo and i'm also looking forward to hearing them from la zavaleta uh who's from mexico city uh, they refer to themselves as the chameleon of drag they do high femme but they also seem to do verse they seem to be a good character i'd say a bit tenacious. There could be a bit of a bit of a villain edit in there, I think. But like that, I'm interested to hear like that sort of Santeria, that sort of like the, the sort of Spanish voodoo, getting those sort of lorry monsters in there. I think would be fun. That's right. We we do hate a drag queen with personality. You keep it down, <laughs> La Zavaleta. We won't have any of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you like her? Um, yes, I did. I like the bald look because we don't get that. Like, I think that it, it's something that you would feel that the queens in in Dragula would have more free reign with their look because obviously mm. in 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 the US or in in main drag race, it's sort of a taboo to do any more than maybe one like kind of like look with no hair. So I'm wondering. I I, I like that they chose to do that for their entrance look. I thought it was very dramatic. Um, and yeah, same as you. Though. I think that it's interesting to write. These because they do pick people with such interesting and like sort of you know exciting back or some such interesting and diverse backgrounds, and then those people get to tell their story and the, a lot of them use their heritage throughout the stories they're telling with their monsters. It is always really fun to learn about mm-hmm. these different ways of seeing the world or different interpretations of maybe stories that you've heard in other guises. So yeah, I will be excited for that kind of like. That's what we've been liking about the international drag races as well. It's that chance yeah. to like learn something about it more about like a different culture. Exactly. Right. Mary Cherry is next. Uh, she announced herself as the queen of Brooklyn drag, which I was like, now that's 
that's the statement so she seems incredibly established she seems like a great personality really likable um, she seems to be very versatile in what she can present and she I think she's stepping in there with that sort of the Vivian level of authority yes I hated the look though <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> it was I wasn't very, looking at either it was very oh no what will I wear today I've got nothing with me hang on I'll just make these shower curtains into a look like it was it wasn't my favorite uh though yes very like full of confidence so that's always a good thing yeah especially in the meet the queens that's normally a good sign that you're going yeah, to do yeah. well coco kane is next she's from tulsa oklahoma uh i didn't get a amount a huge amount from her she was one of those sort of filler mid generic i wasn't sure of her point of view other than big boobs yeah herself and bitter betty kind of would be in the same camp for me where it looks like Mm. they sort of rather than being like what would my drag character wear to dragula they thought oh dragula this is what i have to wear like that is the kind of thing and and i think that yeah there there is people who are trying a bit too hard to to fit a particular mold don't do well Mm. on dragula because it's so much about uniqueness and and who you are as a performer and that's really what they're looking for yeah yeah, exactly. I, I, And I think it's all about really finessing your point of view. And I didn't actually really get that from her based on this two minute video. But we'll always yeah. see what comes across in the actual, actual show. And finally, possibly the best for last, Sigourney Beaver. I mean, top marks for the name. An AFAB performer giving us high femme. It was very Elvira meets Dracula in the VT from Chicago. Cute little squeaky lady. I'm excited. I mean, like, honestly, Sigour- I, Sigourney Beaver could, like, stand right in there between the Boulay brothers and just go right into a hosting gig. It is, yeah. Like, I, the look was so perfect. It reminds me an awful lot of, uh, oh, my God, season two, Drag Race UK, went home before their time. Similar, like, sort of... Ch- Cherry Valentine. Cherry Valentine. Similar similar vibe to them look-wise um, with that, like, red dress. So beautiful. Love the high slit. Oh, yeah. No, that that's mm. an exciting one I'm excited for. Absolutely. So it kicked off, uh, well, kicked off last night. Uh, if you're listening to this today, it comes out. So we'll be covering the first episode next Thursday, along with the second episode of Drag Race Canada. So if you're, if you're watching along and you want to hear our thoughts every week, head over to the workroom. We are five year a month. You'll get all the episodes past and future. And yeah, just join us. And it's, present, it's past, present, and future. And, well, you're getting this one for free, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah it's a great way to support the show and if that's not for you then maybe get a ticket to our live show in November on the 25th yeah absolutely I I will be posing for for selfies with anyone who wants one (laughs) please both of you please please (laughs) make me feel special (laughs) right thank you for listening we'll be back with you on Friday morning for the next episode of Drag Race UK where hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have another girl from the Rue dynasty, the former Rue girl on the show with us, so that should be fun. We'll chat to you then. Bye! Bye! This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 
If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. 